A regular read of the latest LGBT plus trends, TV, and the ever-expanding world of drag. Hello there, I'm the Velvet Snatch, and welcome to season three of Girl. Amidst the seething, unrelenting summer heat, I'm joined by our resident thotter, Stew. I'm just trying not to melt over here. (laughs) Have you got any clothes left to take off? Almost. Almost. Got a bandana. (laughs) Playing strip poker with yourself and the sun, really. Someone has to. (laughs) And to help us out this episode, a new fresh face to the podcast. You may know them for their iconic, bizarro horror drag, or their creepy creature collectibles on Etsy. It's pigeon enthusiast and Birmingham's genderfuck legend themselves, Paul Alexander. Hello, that's you, and uh, yeah, hello from the Inner Pigeons. I'm glad the pigeons got a mention, they just don't get the airtime. I've been loving it. I I don't know if your other socials get it as much as we do on Facebook, but you just kind of feeding your pigeons in the morning and having this this flock come to the outside of your flat and sort of, you know. Yeah, I I think it's what you call a a problem. I have a problem. (laughs) Never mind. We all have to make friends somehow, don't we? Well, especially during a pandemic, I think. So, but, yeah. So, how are things going for you? For the people who don't know who you are, because you haven't been on the show before, like, can you tell us a bit about yourself and what uh, your kind of drag is? Um. Yeah. I. I. So, I, a drag artist. I kind of often say drag thing or gender fuck, whatever people want to put the label on. That's great because that's their interpretation. The kind of taking king queen tropes and doing whatever comes organically. But kind of goffy, glittery, clowny vibes are the angles I tend to come from and the channels I I unleash on stage in whatever way. Generally <laughs> lip sync, but I love hosting. I love um, performing in any way and um, <laughs> tend to enjoy it. Yeah, well, that's it. You've got to enjoy what you do. Well, thank you so much for being on the show with us because we thought that you'd be a perfect guest host for what we've got today. But why would we have such a creative guest host unless we had an extra special creative guest? And we do. That's a bit of ASMR for you. Is that it? ASMR or is it AMSR? I don't know. It's it's for the acronym. It's something. It's something. Words, darling. Words. But yes, once again, we're back to the icy, dark tundras of Canada. Wait. Mm. We're on the line with the Queen of Clowns, voted the most robbed queen of Drag Race Canada. That's just by me and you, Stu, isn't it? But yes. Yes. And soon to be star of her very own show. It's the icon herself. She makes her own outfits, and unlike some judges, she knows the meaning of the word glamour. It's Jimbo the Drag Clown. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here with the Velvet Snatch, Paul Alexander. Sandra and Stu. Hi. Hi, you guys. Hello. <laughs> it's so wonderful to speak to you. I mean, uh, Jimbo the Drag Clown. Can I call you Jimbo? Of course. <laughs> yeah. I was fully expecting just no then. I was going to have to throw out this phrase. What if I said no? What would you call me? I would, just, I would just be really pedantic and just use the full term for the entire show. <laughs> just, oh, oh or, I, see, I see. Or make like an initialism of it or something. You just have like sort of JTDA. See? <laughs> As I try and remember how words work. Uh, <laughs> As you try and remember letters. Letters. Thing. <laughs> that old thing. Letters. Well done. It's warm. It's warm. Forgive me. <laughs> it's boiling over here. No, Jimbo, it's wonderful to have you. How's, that, how's it like over there in Canada at the moment? It's beautiful. I'm in Victoria. I'm on the West Coast. I'm on a beautiful island. It is sunny. There's not a cloud in the sky. The uh, cherry trees are just blowing away. And I'm with my two little kittens, Misty and Milo. And I'm sitting in my beautiful studio. And I'm just, yeah, feeling awesome. No, it looks amazing. We've been seeing a bit of the studio while you've been going around. Is that where is that where you live? Is that the actual house of Jimbo, or is it like a yeah, that's studio right. space? Oh, okay. 
Yeah, no, I, I, it's a live work studio. I want to visit. It looks really creative. <laughs> Thank you. I, I remember You're... seeing an interview where you talked about what the studio looked like. You know, like what, what the story behind the studio. It's in Chinatown, isn't it? Yes, I'm here in Chinatown, Victoria, and it's um, Canada's oldest Chinatown, and it's one of the oldest Chinatowns in North America. And I live in an old gambling den social club that is from yeah late 1800s. This is sort of the area where there was a lot of opium, the opium crisis, and the opium was being made around here. And then there was a lot of sort of gambling and wild times in these areas uh, during the gold rush era and, and all those really cool times of um, yeah Victoria's past. So it's a really cool space. And since then, uh, there's been a past to a number of artists over the years. And um, I've lived here about 15 years now. And I live here with my partner, Brady, and his two kids, uh, Cassandra and Alex, also live here. It's amazing. It's like I saw an interview where you were talking about like being a, a, a dad, I guess. I don't know what it is. You know where Jen gets really weird when it's like a drag queen. You just kind of go like, oh, wait, is it is it a, is it a mom or a dad or a parent? I would say, parent. yeah, like I'm rarely, I'm rarely just like around the house in drag, like being like, <laughs> yeah. you know, collect your dishes up and like clean your room or something. I, I, so I wouldn't say. <laughs> you know I, I would be a, a very very part-time mom if i was a mom but yeah i would say i would i'm more of a stepdad for sure that and and i'm you know very loose term for that as well i'm just like i try to be a cool nice person that is in their lives and trying to influence and teach them things without necessarily a label of anything like that so for any of our listeners that might not know who you are like you know give us a little introduction to jimbo Sure. So for listeners who don't know who I am, I <laughs> those am, bastards. Uh, yeah, those bastards. I am a drag queen who is uh, my my base in performance and my sort of link to performances through my clowning. And so I sort of have this take on on drag, which is a little bit sort of tries to push some boundaries. It tries to be a little bit over the top. I like my huge breasts. I like my big ass. I like big proportions. And I like to so surprise myself and my audience. And that's the the root of clowning is in shared surprise. And so that's sort of the spirit. Um, I like to always be trying new things and pushing myself and pushing boundaries for myself. And, you know, if I can, for others and try, try to do my best get people talking and thinking about um social norms sexuality gender norms and things like that all the fun stuff that goes along with being a drag artist you do it well oh yeah and i was on canada's drag race as well oh, oh yeah yeah well let, let's not talk about that <laughs> no we will we'll talk about canada's drag race in a bit but to be fair i want to i, I want to know more about you know you generally because a, a lot of the people that we get on the show have been in drag race in one of its forms and that's not the be all and end all of what they are so it's kind of nice to talk about the other things going on in your life and you know what you were doing before everyone suddenly knew who you were kind of thing right so um just just to ask like what's the pandemic been like while you've been in canada like you know because obviously you might i've seen on the news that england is on fire at the moment and it's a lovely situation uh thanks to our charming government but uh how's it been like in canada um, I think, well, it, like the situation across Canada has sort of varied from province to province, sort of depending on the climate and, you know, the different social things that are happening there and, you know, how populated, etc. So I can only speak to you know, my general experience on the island, on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were really fortunate being an isolated community off the very West Coast. The numbers here throughout the pandemic were always um very low and so we were able to live yeah with a relative level of fear and caution everyone here was very sort of follow the rules stay inside you know there wasn't anything crazy it just um just has gone on forever it feels like and i think we've just been really fortunate to live in a not very heavily populated isolated community where we we're pretty safe the whole time. No, it's not like a big city where, you know, the everything is taxed and there's, you know, stress everywhere and things like that. It was pretty pretty good version of it for me. So I'm glad for that. Yeah. I mean, you were shown on Canada's Drag Race and that aired during the pandemic, wasn't it? Right, sort of where it started to lift the first time, sort of the end of the first wave into the summertime where there was sort of this idea that maybe it was just going to go away and we were <laughs> going to be free. And um, But then, of course, it came back. So, so, But yeah, I think it was a unique time, obviously, to 
uh, have a show broadcast and was, you know, on the one hand, it was not good for our, our public, you know, experience of the whole thing being a, it's a performance based job. But mm. um, the other aspect was sort of everyone was at home and everyone was sort of in distress and looking to escape and looking for some joy. And so I've I've received so, so many, like hundreds and thousands of comments and people thanking me for helping them through that time with comedy and and just people saying that they needed to laugh they needed to release they needed something and that gave them something to look forward to every week and so that was really amazing to have such a profound impact for an entertaining show i mean that's got to be one of the core tenets of clownism i'm, I'm making clownism a religion by the way i'm just you know <laughs> of clowning where you know it's the fact of make people laugh and make people happier and I think that's what you succeeded with on Drag Race because, well, I don't, I, no one can watch that bloody first challenge clip without, <laughs> without ah, laughing at it. But I don't like the call. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was the. Oh, tits it's not as so well. bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's the iconic tits because you you do have the the best breasts that that show has ever seen and just those giggling up and down running up and down that hill and just honestly overall brilliant absolutely brilliant i I think the whole impression the whole first impression of you know that i think there's that aspect of comedy where seeing other people's reaction to it is half the fun and seeing like when it cuts to sort of the other people in the workroom just being like what is going on and yeah that that made it for me like that that and the challenge it was it was iconic. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it was that was a real dream. I just I had the I worked with Abraham Levy on that concept for that entrance and kind of yeah, it was just so lucky how it all just came together that way. I was no, I wasn't really prepared walking into the workroom or even getting ready that morning. Everything was very stressed. My makeup was so rushed. I was like, um, you know, I, at that time I had not done my makeup, you know, a ton of times, and so I was really really rushed with my makeup then, and so I was just stressed. And I was like, can I get a mirror? Can I can I get see anything before I go out and they were just like nope nope here you go go you're on you're on you're on and so they just like basically it's out of the van and like onto that into that room and so I'm just like oh wow (laughs) and then I didn't um you know the clown is all about surprise so I didn't want to think of what I was going to say when I walked into that room I wanted to just experience it and then let that clown sort of speak and so then that was where I just said like guess i'll just spin in a circle because i was like i don't know what to do and so but i you know a lot of the things i've not you know the clown sort of doesn't really think about what it's doing as it's doing it that's the beauty of it and so it was really fun to to kind of do that forget about it and then watch it back and go like oh yeah that was really funny and i'm just so grateful that everything came together like that well, that's it. I mean, it's it's a sort. Of, I think the joy of it is how improv it is. I mean, um, like Paul, what's your feelings on this in terms of like drag and performance? Because I, I think with both of you, you're both performers where people look at it and they go, "Oh, that must be perfectly planned," and that that sort of comedy or that look must be so much work goes into it, and then you realise actually it's kind of you're winging it. You're just doing really a good job at it. <laughs> I, I yeah. I mean, so much of what I I, I enjoy and do comes from a sense of improv, organised chaos, I say it. So I, I like doing scale acting, and that is complete improv. You've got, the, you've got the people in front of you and you're feeding off the madness of what they see and what they do. And I love sort of murder mystery acting stuff. Like, yeah, you, may have, you may have the script, you may have the base, but you just spring off that. So if I do something on stage, it really does have a sense of, let's see what happens. as give us a sense of a surprise. Exactly it, and that's what we love. But uh, Jimbo, like, what's been the strangest reaction you've had to something you've done? Like, Because we talk about clowning being you just do it and then just look around and go, what happened? What did I do kind of thing? Like, what's been the worst reaction you've had to it? Have- yeah, one time I had this like older gentleman um, turn off both his hearing aids and turn around to face the back of the room. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God. And I just said, but, sir, if you don't listen, how will you remember? (laughs) (laughs) He just um, was just not into it. So he just completely checked the hell out. And then another time, um, this woman, um, I do this 
this number where some meat falls out of me. It's like pretty innocent, but there was a, a little child there and she just like immediately just clapped her hand over this little girl's eyes. <laughs> and I just said, don't shield the child's eyes. It's only baloney. <laughs> <laughs> One of the thing, one of the things we've got to talk about is actually House of Jimbo. Like, tell us about that. It was a Kickstarter campaign. It's going to be a thing. Yeah. So basically, here at my place um, is I have a little stage, and we've got a little setup to uh, basically create a show, kind of like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Like everyone that comes into this space is inspired they're sort of you know sort of transfixed by all of the things and all of the love and all the intention and all of the layering and so it's sort of a way to sort of bring people in and sort of share that experience that only the people that are sort of close to me and or sort of in this community um that when i open my studio and welcome them in it's sort of to try and share that experience and to try and amplify that and so the idea is to create a show that's sort of based within this my studio but then sort of take it to another level sort of up it and sort of amplify it so that it's in this world but it's sort of the you know the the one step bigger clown version of that Mm. and then to create sort of this sketch comedy show that's sort of framed around that and it's sort of kind of you know i use the idea of like a peewee's playhouse just because it's that sense of fun and that sense of storytelling and where you know it's a sense of magic and everything is special and i really like that yeah. um but it would sort of be sort of in like the idea of like the hilarious house of dr frightenstein i don't know if you've ever seen that but it's i haven't seen um, that one I, i'm familiar with peewee's playhouse but uh i haven't heard of house of frankenstein yeah so the hilarious yeah that is a really amazing one too and it's sort of like public television from the you know like 80s 70s and it's like a lot of puppets and costumes and character work and improv and it's sort of um kind of takes like that old style of vaudeville and mixes it with the cabaret and sort of you know those classic variety shows where they're sort of taking concepts and characters and they're sort of putting them into a world and then watching what happens and so would the idea is to do something like that and so i did the kickstarter and we have our little nest egg and so the next steps are to to do some partnering i'm working with a, a local company here and to just start developing and staging and getting the getting all the workshop bits together and then the idea is to put together a pilot using that and then to up the level one more time to like an actual here is the the made-up world that's an actual set soundstage that's you know the real deal and so that's the dream down the road and to you really use my history as a prop maker puppet maker costume maker set designer to sort of weave all of those things together that i've sort of been working on over the course of my creative life and um and then also to sort of showcase all these amazing people i know because i know a lot of incredible performers and entertainers and people and a lot of people want to collaborate and and just have another outlet for drag that isn't based in competition it's just based in sort of showcase and fun and play yeah no it sounds amazing like i i feel bad because i missed the kickstarter like i saw the kickstarter like after it had already finished kind of thing so i think later on we'll be asking you whether it's uh there's still a way to donate or if there's still a way to contribute or so far like basically that was the first sort of phase of the entire plan so there will be down the road like right now that sort of fundraising campaign is closed and we have our little nest egg so the next thing would be to to develop it a bit further to another stage yeah, and then the that stage, and then yeah and then we'll have another another round where we're like okay we've done this work using this money and we're, we've got this plan to move forward and we're going to do another round of whatever we need to do to make whatever happen so there will be more opportunities brilliant thank you brilliant but uh speaking of uh you know collaborations and whatnot like uh, you've recently appeared in the bitch i'm busy video with priyanka how did that come about well priyanka has been planning her um cd release and she really wanted i think to just include her her new drag race sisters in sort of this fun narrative and so she's come up with this narrative where she's on the run from this government agency and she's killed all of her sisters in like the very first video (laughs) of course that bitch (laughs) and then i am the villain i play this evil killer clown and then lemon makes an appearance in the next video and i'm and then after this last video i was like i think i should be in the next video don't you think like i didn't really get to like (laughs) 
attack you or anything. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, oh. And I was like, so like, can we make that happen in the next video where I like get you? <laughs> she was like, okay. So yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully I'll be in the next video. Well, that's it. Hopefully, I mean, it's like because I don't think you're in it enough. Because you have this that's amazing outfit. Said. You have this amazing outfit. You have this wonderful sort of ominous like appearance at the beginning, where you just see your nails coming around a corner, and then it just kind of then you just appear at the end. And I'm like, oh right, okay. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, um, like where's the killer clown part? Where do I do anything? Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, listeners. Spoilers if you haven't seen the video already. But we've kind of just summed it up for you. So. I know. I said the same thing to her. I was like you bitch of course she's like oh Tom, da, 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 and then just like kicks me at the end of the thing but no i think it's a build up so i'm gonna i make another um appearance in the next video i think uh i think the playing a villain kind of ties in quite well with drag race because you, <laughs> you did you did have those moments where i think you probably would have been known as one of the villains of the season and i give that in air quotes because <laughs> there was nothing really villainous about it was it It was just a few few playful comments and observations are, are, are we referring to the wonderful moments of jimbo holding court in untucked <laughs> um i don't know what we could possibly <laughs> be <were>. discussing <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's, a, that's like a villain because like a villain is like, you know, it's sort of like rooted in in sort of the ante. And I really was just trying to fit in the entire time. I I don't think I was a villain, but I think there was definitely moments where I snapped. And, oh, yeah. you know, I guess, I guess, you know, you could call that like villain behavior. But I think I was just being a bitch because I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a struggle to call anyone a villain on, on that season, to be honest, because... No one was really a villain. There was just a few little tough toughs and you know, I think like Akine was the baby villain. Villain yeah. she was like the villain that was growing and that got chopped to <laughs> didn't stick around long enough to become a villain. <laughs> no, if they pumped her tires up, like she could have been a real she could have gone places with that villain. I know it. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things though where, you know, like because we have it in drag race where people say like nasty scathing things, but then it was like you were kind of saying things to people and you weren't wrong. I think was the problem. So I think people listening were like going, actually, yeah, actually that was bollocks or, you know, that because I think it's it's come out in the wash now that the judges were very, I don't know, were they just like trying to stir trouble by just saying things or were they just going, oh, this is boring. Let's just say lots of stuff that'll wind people up. It's It seems strange, but. I don't really know. I don't think you can really make any sense of it. It's all, it's at the end of the day, it's a reality TV show. So it's like, you know, people get confused between like reality and like reality TV. It's, it's like, it's a show. So it's, it's all made and it's all put together to, to make people have feelings and conversations and get people talking about these things so i just i don't really i don't really think too much about it really in terms of like seriously i think it's just all funny and hilarious you know all of that being dressed up you know like some crazy woman or trying to anyways and just you know going at each other it's all just made up it's all just it's all just for fun i you know that wasn't even rita's hair as i said she looked like a grandma dunked her head in the toilet she's all crusty dusty busted uneven the flyaways like all of that i mean that's not even really her hair like so i mean it's you know, if I came up to her on the street and I was like said that about her actual human hair growing out of her head, yes, I would be a triple person. I, I, <laughs> but I, I, I think the like, worst thing is that I saw it and I was just like, oh, she pulled a wig off. And then you're like, no, no, that was the hair she had for it. And you're just like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I know it was so funny she loved that wig she said that was her only human hair wig and that she um she loved it like a child so I felt badly after oh uh, you did um you did a good job of representing an alternative style of drag as well that was quite nice to see because obviously when we think drag race there's generally certain things that pop up consistently um and a hypersexual clown isn't one of them, uh, oddly <laughs> enough. So it was quite nice to see something a bit, <laughs> bit different there. Um, what, what's the sort of reaction been like afterwards? Like being that technically what would be considered alternative. I hate that word because I don't think there's such thing as alternative drag. It is just drag. Drag is drag. But how did you feel about that? Like, was it a good reaction that you got afterwards? Oh yeah, it was like beyond my wildest dreams. I had no expectations about around any of it. And I just kind of took it as all as it came. And I'm not really that sort of, you know, self-reflective where I'm like, oh, I'm so like, 
you, you I just kind of do what I do and and try to make people laugh. And so I was just, it was really cool to hear that I do something different. Like I didn't really, I wasn't like, I'm like this different person. I'm like so different. I'm just like who I am. And when people started to say that, that's when I was like, oh, wow, that's, you know, really cool that you see me that way. And I'm so grateful because that's, you know, obviously what I want and what I what anybody wants is to be unique and to be an individual and to represent something um, authentic and new and, and individual. So I was so, so happy to be seen that way. And that's really encouraged me to just believe in myself and to believe in my point of view and to really um, to think like, oh, wow, you know, I do have something that resonates with people. And I do have a voice. And I do have a point of view that's that I'm able to yeah, communicate the way I feel in the world and through laughter and through comedy and through um, beauty and fashion and surprise. Uh, that's exactly the same as I, I felt when I first saw Paul, to be honest, because I'd, I'd never bumped into a creature quite like Paul Alexander in my <laughs> life. But in the best way possible, it was this like six foot God knows what tall individual with this beautiful flowing black dress and a glittery beard. And it was just phenomenal. And the next day, I think, were you dressed as Pikachu the next day? Was that at um, Drag World? It was a Drag World, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was black, <laughs> downy, horn thing the first day. Then Pikachu the next day. <laughs> so, Love it's it. It's a nice little mix. <laughs> it's quite good. I think you've got quite, a, you've got quite a similar sort of style and a lot of performances between the two of you. Because there is this sort of sense of clowning around, having fun about it. But there's this sexuality and things like that going into it. But yeah, have you sort of got the same reactions, Paul? I know you, you've obviously got quite a lot of fans out there. But do you find that it's a good reaction that you usually get from Well, you know, I, I, I may have a couple of hundred thousand fewer followers than <laughs> some people in the room. Um, but um, I, I've never had bad reactions of that. I've had the odd people say, you know, what, I, I don't get it, but it's it was great fun. Well, you know, and I think that's actually quite lovely because I think that's someone, someone who's saying, you know what, they don't have to get it, but they actually have nothing negative to say. Mm. And I genuinely think everything I've done is pretty organic. I just do what I fancy doing. And although I've done performances and stuff, I think, well, that was a fuck of shite. That wasn't the best, was it now? Um <laughs> Oh, I think, well, you know, why don't you learn the lines next time, Paul, eh? Um, <laughs> but then I think that's maybe imposter syndrome that a lot of people have. Um, but I generally, when I do get a nice reaction, it means a hell of a lot. It does mean a hell of a lot. Um, and sometimes when it's the most objective nice reaction from people who have no vested interest in giving you a nice reaction, that's when it's so sincerely nice. And that can often be that person in the audience who's just come along. There's zero expectations. It's to what they want to see and know. And that's mm. really nice. And I like that. I remember a few years ago when me and my old collective were supporting the Dordalano on their UK tour. And the reactions were so, had so much volume and uh, so much positivity that it was actually really lovely. A real barometer of, hey, you're doing something right. <laughs> Whatever it is. One thing I wanted to ask Jimbo was like, after being on the show, what's the reaction been like? Because we were talking about like people not being prepared for the kind of attention that they get after being on something like Drag Race and whatnot. Like, has it all been positive for you, or has it been a bit strange in places? No, it's been all so positive. It's been um, like just nonstop positive thousands of messages of just people <laughs> saying i love you and thank you and you're amazing and um it's just a, it's an overwhelmingly amazing and i think that there are a few negative comments like here and there but i tr i don't really look at them and mm -hmm. i don't people don't you know every now and again someone will be like oh hey did you see this or that you know some little comment i'm very fortunate that i receive a lot a lot of love and a lot of support and so that's been incredible and i have just friends all over the around around the world now of just people that love me and um you know when i traveled to the uk it was just so much love walking down the street there and being out there and having people recognize me and just love me and be so excited and pretty much everywhere i've been um in the airports or in toronto or walking around there's always people that come up to me and just say thank you thank you for your message thank you for your artistry thank you you know for making me laugh so hard so it's been just um overwhelmingly positive and loving so i'm so grateful as it should be um with obviously that there will be future seasons of Canada's Drag Race in the works, who would you like to see on it? Is there anyone you know that you would want to see get given that limelight? You know, anyone that you support yourself outside of the show? Um, yeah, I would love there to be um, like some drag kings on. Would be really cool to sort of open that up. Um, and I have a local 
drag king Eddie Licious, who is really, really cool, a really amazing performer, and um, I think it just is just awesome. And then my sister Vivian Vanderpuss is another local Victoria queen who is this really, really creative, really amazing um, costumer and stylist and performer and just a really cool sense of humor. And so I would love to see them, yeah, get the opportunity to share their art and to have a bigger platform and, yeah, just to be able to develop their art and to really grow and be amazing. Hopefully then. We'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be many seasons to come. I mean, if it's anything like the US Drag Race, it'll go on forever. Although, although after looking on YouTube, maybe they're going to be mixing up the judges a little bit, uh, maybe, for future seasons. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Speaking of the judges, other than the obvious, which decision did you disagree with most? Um, Well, I was really choked about not winning the denim challenge. I really, really loved that challenge and Rita was standing next to me and she was wearing a stretch navy twill which had like the grain that looked like denim but it wasn't denim mm-hmm. you know she maybe would tear my hair off and say it was <laughs> denim but I you know I would like to see the receipts uh, because <laughs> every other person saw that and was like that's not denim and I was really surprised because her critique from the judges that night was that it didn't look like denim. They all were like, this doesn't really look like denim. This isn't, and I'm like, because it's not denim. I'm standing beside this bitch. It's not denim. And <laughs> yeah, then, You're then. literally there, dressed all <laughs> over in denim, just being like, I should yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, that sort of led to why I snapped on her in the next episode. I was just so over. What is up? with all these judges being up Rita's ass and throw me a freaking bone over here. But <laughs> that's just, you know, the way it goes. And so you can't really take it too seriously. But that was one decision where I was just, God, I would have really loved to have won that because that was, um, you know, that, that week I had screamed, it's my special day, which has become <laughs> such a, a memorable moment and things like that. So there was just a lot to celebrate in that episode that I would have really loved to celebrate um, as a yeah. win for me. Yeah. But that's yeah. okay. We celebrated <laughs> Rita, <laughs> who I love. But that outfit, though, like that, the denim outfit, it just, it had Lee Bowery vibes. It had this wonderful Club Kids vibe. And it just, I don't know, that's everything I love about drag summed up. But then this sounds like a pandering a bit, but all of your outfits were stuff I love. Like, you know, if you told me what do you want to see in drag, I wouldn't be able to tell you. But then now I can just kind of point at them and be like, well, well, that, I mean, which week was it with the big hair, with the huge hair and the sort of, and the crossed off titties? <laughs> yeah, that was my, um, that was the second week, I think, or the third week, I think, the hair challenge on the third week. Yeah, when yeah. Starzy went home, but that was, that was another one of my favorite ones. And I didn't get, that was the girl group challenge where I danced so um, well, you know, I'm not not a choreographed dancer. So um, I really wanted to get some critique and feedback from that. But I was just so um, grateful to be safe after my girl group performance was to the best of my ability, which at that time was not that able and so um but i did love that hair look so much i still love that hair look it's just really hot otherwise i would wear that way more often (laughs) well there's a video of you like you did a photo shoot riding a horse wearing that hair and wow yeah (laughs) that's a mood hashtag mood i think it was it was wild it was so much fun and the other horses were just like i like the horse i was on wasn't allowed to know (laughs) What was on it because it would have been afraid. So the, um, <laughs> the other horses were trying to tell it, like, you've got the craziest freaking thing on your back. And you could tell they were like, kind of like, what the hell? And then you could tell the horse was kind of like, what's on me? And then, um, but, you know, we did the shoot, we rode around. But then when it, I got off and it looked at me, it was so afraid. It was like, that's what's on my fucking back. And when I stepped off the, um, the stairs, my boots got stuck and I face first like full face planted off into the ground into the dirt (laughs) getting off that horse it was so funny i wish that the photographer was there for that that's amazing (laughs) it it was it was one of these things where when i saw it it was good that i'm showing my age but it was giving me she-ra vibes like do you remember (gasps) you know the original she-ra toys where they just had (laughs) huge manes of hair 
Yeah. I had them when I was a tiny little child. And then I'm kind of a bit annoyed now being like, why did I have to come out? You know, surely mum and dad didn't need more clue than that. You know, the fact that I had, I was just like, no, I want these Shira toys because they have amazing hair and they're riding like panthers and stuff. It's like. Oh, God, I love those. I had those too. <laughs> was that like an inspiration behind it? Have I just cottoned on to some random nostalgia? I think story? that that is. Like, I think there's a lot of things that I end up, you know, referencing that I don't even realize I'm referencing them until I end up watching an old movie or an old show from my childhood. And I go, oh, that's why I like that. That's why that's... And there's a lot of time where, um, yeah, I, I'm not very conscious of it, but then other people see it and they say it to me. And I'm like, yes, of course. Thank you for seeing that in me because that's still totally in there. So we do a little section each week. That's a kind of a Q&A from the girl hosts. Uh, so we just ask one or two sometimes random question that we want to know um mine is completely stupid um so i just want to know if a bar created a jimbo cocktail what would the ingredients be oh well i am sober these days so that would be it would be a virgin cocktail and it would be something like a mojito but that tastes like cotton candy kind of i don't know if that's like possible or even delicious but maybe like something that tastes like sorbet like i like sweet and sour things and i like pizza so maybe it would have like a little pizza garnish like a tiny pizza on top would that be like like on the corner (laughs) yes yes a very small little pepperoni pizza just nested on the edge of a glass (laughs) of a cotton candy mojito i think people would actually love that <laughs> I, I'm looking at Paul, and Paul's getting ideas here. This is <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm just picturing this um, candy floss tasting pizza adorned <laughs> um, sorbet cocktail, just delivered in a, in a lovely little glass, being slid along a bar. Yeah, um, I, I, I think the whole thing would have to be absurd, though, where they'd have to make it in a tiny little pizza oven. It would have to be made in like a sort of that's exactly pizza right. oven, like one at a time, and the barman's like, "You yeah. ordered the." Jimbo, oh for fuck's sake! You know? Be ten yeah. minutes. Be ten minutes, yeah. boss. Be ten minutes. <laughs> but um, uh, Paul, what did you want to ask Jimbo? Um, so okay, Jimbo, you've you've got a bit of an imagination. So I make what I call creepy creatures, teddies or dolls that I find in charity shops or I steal from children, and then I just dissect them, cut them up, give them new faces, uh, mash them together, and then sell them. And I think that I think they're very cute. The Velvet Snatch called them nightmare fuel. Sometimes I, I love them, but I'm terrified by them. Like I, I love that you're well, doing it, but I wouldn't feel <laughs> safe with one in my bedroom. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's fine. And that's a good instinct. You shouldn't feel safe with one there because it's not just watching you. It's approaching you when you sleep. That giggle it does. <laughs> so I was going to ask you, Jimbo, a bit like the cocktail question. If you were going to have a creepy creature based on you, Think of it, you can have any sort of doll base or te- type of mm-hmm. base, a Hello Kitty, who knows? What would it be like? What features would it have? Would it be full of, full of breasts, <laughs> full of weird teeth? What, what kind of creepy creature would a Jimbo one be? Um, well, I would say it would probably be like a pile of breasts sewn together with um, like 16 legs wearing 16 different pairs of beautiful shoes and then... 40 maybe like 40 hands that have like (laughs) different beautiful gloves and then one beautiful shining eye on the top of it and it would also have wi-fi (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, you'd have Wi-Fi. Very good. Oh, that's gonna it, it sounds like yeah. a biblical angel. It sounds like when you have Bible <laughs> angels in the Bible, and it's obviously some guy who's Wi-Fi. Just, yeah, who's just tripping balls, and he's like, "Okay, there's going to be this thing called Wi-Fi, but it's got 14 <laughs> sets of hands." <laughs> <laughs> Lots of tits and one great big eye. Yeah, I want to make that. I want to make that and market it. I might have a go at that, and you know, I might just get an old router and just stick it on its head. head. (laughs) That's the Wi-Fi. It may not work, but you know, we'll get it shipped first past the Jimbo. Oh, thank you. But yeah, it'll just turn up at the door unannounced. Yeah, um, it'll tell you what's there as well inside the box. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Cool. I'll put it on top of a Roomba. That's Ooh, yes. <laughs> oh, even more terrifying. Um, just have it clean my house. Like that's my maid. Don't worry. <laughs> just this nightmare fuel oh, what, just what, moving around. On would the... you give it a name? 
Would it just be called Jimbo Jimbo the Miner, or would it have a different name? I like that Jimbo the Miner, or like um, mm. Dust Sucker. Ooh. Dust Sucker. Or like dust dust sucker. Yeah, the Dust Sucker. <laughs> dust Sucker a, 5000. I think I met a Dust Sucker in, um, in a dark room. That's a whole different story, really. <laughs> <laughs> so Jimbo, my my question is I really enjoy how you don't really appear to take a lot of the trappings of drag race and fame kind of like as seriously as other people. Like I I love your attitude on the show where you've got this kind of, you know, oh well I'm just gonna have a laugh, like I'm gonna improv this, I'm just gonna have fun and you know, I think that's a really good attitude to have. Like has did that help you th- like through the show and does it help you through life generally, that kind of don't take things too seriously. I think so. Yeah, I kind of I've had to not take things too seriously just because, you know, you kind of have to just go with the flow. And if you've got too many plans, you're just going to be screwed if you if they don't go your way. So I just try to just, you know, just readjust and pivot and to just I think I read this quote one time that said, like, you know, if, if something doesn't go your way, then just change your mind so that it's it and just be like you know that's exactly how i wanted that to go oh great everything's fallen off and it's all broken up and i'm bucked i love when that happens okay let's go i wanted to lose the denim challenge (laughs) exactly like i'm hashtag blast and then just like skip away so i I don't know yeah i just tried i've been through a lot of um just trauma and things being you know the opposite to what i expected and all of that stuff and so you you just you have to choose joy you just have to choose to just go like okay well this is how it's going and you can either go against the current and just have a hard time or just go with the flow and just say yeah i'm along for the ride let's let's have fun with this and the making of the show i definitely that attitude i tried to bring as much as possible like let's have fun let's have fun let's um you know let's just try to make the most of this and be whacked and just enjoy this and i guess i had the least to lose because i was the most unknown so i didn't really have like a lot of pressure on me for this like reputation and mm. da, 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 da. i was kind of just there to show the world who i am and to show those girls who i was and and so yeah was i was grateful to have that that attitude that i had can i quickly ask something just quickly following on from that do you still feel a bit of an outsider is that something intrinsic to your drag um i think I, yeah i think i still am just because i i am an alternative drag artist so i'm not um like yourself i'm not really the lip sync assassin queen where i'm going to put on a track and i'm going to you know whip and dip and dive and split from start to finish and so um i'm always trying to figure out what the hell i'm doing and so uh, i think that makes it so i'm just always an outsider just trying to figure out you know i'm as i'm moving and morphing and changing trying to figure out what the hell i'm doing then people are trying to have to adapt to that and, and make room for it or not and so um i'm fortunate that people are making room for me now where that wasn't always the case before and so a lot of people are now giving me the platform and the space but i still need to um, I'm just going to be who I am, which is who I always am. And that's always just a little bit off, a little bit weird, a little bit trying something new, a little bit somehow a bit uncomfortable in this weird way. So I think that just if you live as like this sort of weird thing, then that just it just makes you always on the fringe. And I don't think that's a bad idea. I like that. I like being a bit different and trying to, you know, not always like blending in or, or making it easy. That's just not the way it is. So. Right, now we're going to move on to our regular little occurrence, which is our delightful game set up by Thotter Stew. So tell me, Stew, what's on the cards this week? So this week, since we had so much fun last time we did it, we're bringing back sex fact or fiction. Um, Also, I felt it was quite appropriate since our (laughs) lovely special guest host and our lovely special guest are both quite sexual beings. So in turns... Each player will be given a statement about something a little bit sexual, and they've got to guess whether it's a sex fact or if it's sex fiction. Most correct answers will, of course, take home a custom Stew Peter badge. The runner-up will also take home a Stew Peter badge, but it will not be as big, it will not be as shiny, and it will not be as glamorous. Oh. But, but you'll both get... Everyone's a winner. It's like Hook the Duck at the local yeah. fair. So you, you get something for turning up. So... <laughs> 
So, to kick things off, we'll start with Jimbo. So, Jimbo, the opposite testicle to your writing hand is the one that hangs lower. Is that a sex fact or sex fiction? Without checking. I think that's a sex fiction. Incorrect. It's actually a sex fact. So, if you're right-handed, <laughs> your lower testicle, apparently by science, is the lower-hanging fruit. So, that's my left testicle? Yeah. So you're right-handed. Oh. Your left testicle should be the lower one, weird. in theory. Oh, weird. I so just checked that actually out. last night, and it was a bit higher. Oh. So maybe I'm the exception, because I literally just checked that. That's how I knew that. I was well, like, I checked that last Stu, time. Stu, have you ruined your entire search history for that fact? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the worst fact on here, to be honest. Oh, no. <laughs> that's a tame one. Okay, Paul, Alexander. As a general rule, sex burns around 14 calories per minute. Um, as, as a fact or fiction, as a general rule, um, that sounds very per minute. That sounds low. But then, oh, God, I'm thinking of how many minutes it can build up. And the first minutes can be... You know, it's it's uh, during, uh, I think, the... Five the it's, I think it's in the more active stages. <sighs> um, I have no idea what that really entails. I'll go for... I'm going to say it's long. It is wrong. It's actually lower. It's only five calories oh, per minute. Really? Yeah. Oh. Apparently, oh. I, I guess it'll. I guess it will vary to an extent, but that's the average apparently. So, oh. one. I know. I'm going to be finding out tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Measure it. <laughs> Measure the it. iPhone calendar cal- calorie counter. <laughs> Get your smartwatch on. Yeah. Uh, Jimbo, the largest recorded penis was 8.5 inches flaccid. Um. The largest one flaccid 8.5? I would say there's even bigger ones than that. So I'm going to say that's a fiction because uh, I want to believe that there's bigger (laughs) flaccid ones. You are correct (laughs) to believe the biggest recorded one was 9.5. I knew it. Bloody Now we're talking. I don't know if that correlates to being the biggest one when it's it's erect, though. Um, But that was the biggest... An erect one. <laughs> Did you ever see the the guy that has two dicks though? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, because look at that. Double dick. Double I know. dicks. Hold on. I'm just writing that down for reference. Double <laughs> Google dick. that dick. You won't be disappointed. It's not like you know. That's the... what they said. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay, Paul. Sex can mm-hmm. prevent cancer for men, or help prevent cancer for men. Um. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. That regular use of um, your, your bits down there and your prostate and stuff can can help um, keep it active and healthy and reduce cancer down there. That is, I believe, and it's a fact. Yeah, well, correct. Uh, well you, you know your shit. It is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Research has shown it. It's. I do mid, know my shit. Yeah. It's apparently more towards um, people in their twenties and early fifties, but as a general rule, it can help reduce mm. prostate cancer. If you don't use it, you lose it. Literally, that, that I think that was the exact quote when I when I looked at that article. That was the exact quote. If you don't lose, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Really? <laughs> oh. uh, Jimbo. After fingers and vibrators, the most commonly used sex object for women is a courgette. A courgette <laughs> is a fancy word for what? Kind of like a cucumber type oh. of word. Is it, is it a zucchini? A zucchini, yeah. Zucchini. It's the same family, that sort of flaccid green type of thing. <laughs> okay, so so is it true that people use zucchinis? I don't think so, because it's got that weird little stalk on the end of it. <laughs> um, I, mean, I don't. They do, know. they do use them, but it's not. It's not the third most common used one. Fun fact: the third most used item is actually a candle. Oh, okay, that makes sense because of the scent and the uh, girth. Hmm. <laughs> the there's a variety. I guess of you can light a candle. Yeah. It's a little tea. Yeah, I'm thinking of like the. The long, thin candles, but obviously you were going for the big Yankee candles. <laughs> yeah, the up. full in jar <laughs> Yankee yeah. candle. That's the yeah. yeah. Oh, that's the yeah. jar in there as well. <laughs> yeah. And then you yeah. can light a yeah. candle for someone you love after. <laughs> that's oh. where you take it out first, though, surely. No. Oh. Depends on how much <laughs> you have. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Paul, leaving your socks on can lead to a delay in orgasm. Oh, big time. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it can really turn someone off an orgasm. It's your own orgasm, not the other person. Um, um, I suppose uh, leaving them on 
perhaps it could to somebody. It probably would me because it'll put me off, but I don't think there's anything. So are we saying that? Are we saying that's the fact then? Are we? Um, yes, I think I think socks, regular socks, everything else naked, but just regular socks on. Not even going for those dirty, dank socks <laughs> that sometimes give that nice smell that people can enjoy, but just regular socks, completely naked. You deserve to have a delayed orgasm or no orgasm. Yeah. It's actually incorrect. Um, leaving them on can actually encourage because uh, part of uh, reaching climax is comfortability. And having cold feet, for example, can cause a delay. So if you leave your socks on, it might actually help out, according to some scientists somewhere. I, I love that Someone the scientists did that. The scientists just went, <laughs> what can I spend this grant money on? Let's mm. have sex with my socks on. <laughs> Literally and the person that. giving the grant money really thought, oh, I do need the answer. I need the answer. I need the 10,000. It's important work. It's important work. It's, an, it's very it's important, important research, work. if you ask me. Doing the Lord's work. Is uh, Jimbo. When two people kiss, they exchange anything between 10 million and 1 billion bacteria. Um, 10 billion, 1 million bacteria? And 10 million or 1 billion bacteria. For In one general, kiss? General kissing. It doesn't have to be one kiss, but as a general. Um, I'm going to say that that is true because it's disgusting. It is true. And it is disgusting. <laughs> Just from a cheeky, cheeky little bit of tongue. Up to one billion bacteria. Yeah, that's nasty. But you know, mm, everything comes with a price. That is not the most nasty thing you can do with your tongue and bacteria. So, <laughs> yeah, I imagine oh, there cool. are places where oh, yeah. that bacteria count must um, mm-hmm. go up, gradually <laughs> rise. Uh, Paul, in 2019, yeah. the second most searched porn category on Pornhub was Alien. Was that after Candy Muse's alien outfit, or is it too early? No, that was before. That was before. <laughs> there we go. Is that why it nobody's on? nobody's searching after that outfit? <laughs> you, 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 you know what? I I don't think it's true, but I want it to be true. I think that's great. I want people to be looking for that ET or Xenomorph crossover fan fiction. Fuck, that'd be gorgeous. What would you um, like your answer to be, though? I want it to be that's a fact. I want that it to be a is fact. a fact. It what? actually is a fact. Yay. Do we, do, we, do we know why? Do we know I don't know what, what triggered it, but it was up there. It was above a lot of other things that were or regularly being talked about. I guess apparently people just wanted to know what was happening in the uh... <laughs> I guess if you see these things trending, you kind of get curious. Was it like was it like alien as in sort of like just, you know, like you know original series of Star Trek Alien where it was just a woman painted green or are we talking like full xenomorph like full alien versus predator but porn I'm thinking it might have came around more because Marvel reasons everyone's sort of looking for that little bit of like sci-fi type chic it did say specifically alien though so king of bitches (laughs) yeah good to know good to know good to know (laughs) gotta give the people what they want (laughs) yep Uh, so last one for Jimbo men with a lower BMI have better and in bed so what is a bmi uh, so that's your body mass index so if you have a lower bmi you're generally thinner if you have a higher bmi you're generally bigger it's compared to sort of weight and height okay so you're saying if you have a lower bmi you've got endurance. a higher sex drive you've got a more endurance in bed <sighs> hard to say it's like skinny people eat less they get tired quick bigger people more energy but there's a lot more to be kicking around so i'm not really sure i'm gonna say that it's not true that people with bigger bodies fuck longer so you're saying that skinnier people do fuck i'm saying skinnier people get tired and they need to have a snack in the middle and so they fuck quicker okay well that is correct then um yeah so people with a higher bmi actually have more endurance um the average is for skinnier lower bmi it's 108 seconds whereas if you have a higher bmi the average is 7.3 minutes so it's actually quite a dramatic difference um plus people there are afraid the bones rubbing together and it catch fire so that's why they try to do it quick it's it's, you know it's the the those tinder groins that's what that is (laughs) (laughs) amazing um last one for uh dearest paul then only 15% of men are packing more than seven inches, despite what they might tell you. I imagine that's very true. It, I, I think one of the things I remember learning a long time ago is when people talk about the average, it's actually more meaning the majority of people mm. fall within, the, yeah, fall within the, the average. Um, 
rather than an even spread of people. So I imagine that's true. It is true. Only 15% of men are actually larger than the seven inch range. Mm. So if anyone tells you they are, ask for proof. <laughs> Already. The proof never tells you anything either. Everyone's so tricky with these pictures. They're, they're, oh, no, you have to get about the angles. It's all about the angles. I'm, I'm oh. talking either the picture has to include a ruler or you have to be there to measure it yourself. That's the kind of proof. <laughs> yeah, you, you need a series of photos, a series of videos. Yeah, you need yeah. we want detailed receipts. Interesting evaluation. Witness references and, you know, like witness yeah. testimony. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and, yeah, you need a dollar bill next to it. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're really getting into this school teacher vibe aren't you Stu talking about rulers and it. stuff and... yeah. Yeah. I love this role play dynamic that's growing it's great. <laughs> right. so well, who was top of class well after five questions oh my we've got a tie oh, oh wow. Wow. The f- I think wow. this is the first time this has happened uh, as you always have a uh, tiebreaker stew uh except when we need it <laughs> do we have one exactly that i was not prepared for a tie <laughs> what what we will do as a special one off is you can both have the really nice badge because oh. i feel like it's deserved oh i don't know about this oh we've, we've only got a few of them they're too precious we can't just we can't just be handing oh, them on. out to anyone Go on, we oh, just educated the, the crop's been bad this year. We <laughs> the, the uh, stew Peter we'll squeeze crop. It. We'll squeeze the next one out. It'll be like when they when they gave three people the badge on season one of Drag Race. <laughs> yes, okay, well well done. We have two winners this week. How brilliant is that? Well Hooray. done. Well done. <laughs> First time in girl history. You are Yay. setting trends. Perfect. So I guess now um, all we have left to do is a few fan questions. I've got I've got two. Is that okay? Yeah. Do you want to go for your first one and then I'll do yeah. one and then you can do <laughs> Okay, yep, yeah, sure. Well I'm gonna I'm gonna go do the one I like the most. So okay, Jimbo, okay. So would you rather get the worst paper cut? every time you touch any form of paper or bite your tongue every time you're about to eat. It's from Peach's Valentine, so you can blame them. Jesus, God, that's really nasty. <laughs> well, I would say uh, it's just easy to skip ever touching paper, so I'm going to just skip. I'm definitely not going to, because I wouldn't want to bite my tongue so much because I do like to have snacks, so I'm going to pick, I would choose to have a horrible, disgusting paper cut every time I touch a piece of paper, and I would just skip paper. No books for me. No, sorry. Okay. Well, I hope Peach is Valentine, who we can say thank you for the question. I hope they use that information wisely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm sure she will. Do you want to ask yours, Velvet? Oh yes, mine is from Michael. He asks, how does it feel to have one of the most iconic photo challenge moments ever? Well, hello, Michael. Thank you. How does it feel? I feel grateful that um, I was given the opportunity to do that and that it occurred the way it occurred and that it had such a hilarious impact on so many people around the world. How does it feel? I just feel lucky and it feels surreal and it feels like it's somebody else, somebody on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, it's on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, <laughs> Everything. Yeah, this one it feels like you know you're watching just like a funny thing. I don't. Yeah, it, it was iconic. It it still makes me laugh. It's absolutely brilliant. But no, thank you. Yeah, um, I'm so happy. Yeah, and hopefully yeah. that was okay for you, Michael. Thank you for listening. So going back to Drag Race Canada, we've got from Nick Finn. So Jimbo, what was your favorite runway look on the show? My favorite runway look on the show today is da 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 my pageant look because I've never said that. So I'm going to say. <laughs> It's my pageant look. No, my favorite look on the show is my denim look. I think I love that one the most. I love that one. But I do love each one for a different reason. Like I kind of, I could say like my cheerleader look. I could say my entrance look. I could say my twin look. I could say my like. There were so many looks I I just loved so much. So it's really great. I screamed so much at my laptop screen when that twin look was in that somehow low instead of being the winner. But they were mental. Telling a drag queen I was too sexy. I was like, hello, can you please just go take a nap? You're obviously delusional. Because like, you're so annoying. Delusions but that's just, on drag race. Uh, uh, they're like, yeah, it seems like you make one. Like, fuck your sister. I'm like, why? 
as we just like had some fun, giggled and shook our tits together. Like Jesus. So I do every Wednesday night. Exactly. God, uh, they were being so prudish. That episode was so annoying. And they were like, cause the episode before they had said, they were like, Oh, you know what? We really want you to be more slutty. The episode before mm-hmm. was the pageant where I was not slutty enough that they said, they said, Oh yeah. You know, you say you're like this slut and stuff, but then you're like, not that slutty. You're like, you gave us this like Barbie sixties pageant where we wanted real slut. And I'm like, okay, well next week you'll get double mm-hmm. sluts. And then they were like, Oh, it's not possible to Jeffrey, win, Jeffrey and his ever-changing grinder preferences, eh? Ah! Uh, so the last question I've got is from Man Bun of Science. <laughs> that is a is brilliant a, name. He, Man I gave Bun him the of option Science. of, yep, I said, do you want to use your real name or do you want to use your Instagram name? And he went for Instagram name, which to be fair, good choice. Um, he is known for his very amazing man bun. He has a very good question. It's probably my favourite of the questions. He wants to know if you've got any advice for a fellow 80s born guy dealing with twinks. Dealing with twinks? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't really know any twinks and I've never, I've only, I think I've only met maybe once or one or two of them. So I, I just don't know any twinks. So I don't know what to do with them, but I, Oh, I do know a twink lemon. And I would yeah. say lock them in a closet. That's <laughs> I think that's great advice. I agree with that. I, I think that's the only thing I find to do. But uh, are we talking air holes or are we talking just, you know, see what happens? Um, no, it would be the one with like the slit, the one with the slats so you can see in. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how the response was. I, I've not met many twinks. It's just the wild creatures. Like I, I've I heard of I, I sort of one was lurking down by the bins one night. Uh, someone someone on Pokemon Go. It's it's like yeah, people, I know they exist. It's like so, people you know, talking about uh, fairies and stuff, where it's like, oh well, if you go to the bottom <laughs> of your garden on a full moon, you'll see a circle of <laughs> twinks dancing, and they'll grant you wishes. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> but you must trap them accordingly. If yeah. you don't trap them. Correctly, then in a closet, with semen in a little jar. Oh, (laughs) beautiful! I'm surprised you've not, because on the show, I think it was commonly known that you were one of the what they call trade of the season. Oh, I mean the the first episode when you de dragged, everyone was kind of like, oh. Yeah, they said I was like a daddy. They're like, oh, daddy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I live on um a pretty small little island here and I'm a pretty sheltered person. So I've got a lot to learn about being gay and I'm hopefully when the pandemic's over, I'm going to really get out there and meet all these twinks and really get to the bottom of all of this. (laughs) When you come over to the UK, uh, if you get a chance to, we will happily show you around a couple of the bars and introduce you to the twink culture. To to the twinks. I would love that. I would actually really love that culture. I, I imagine it's going to be like, um, you know, when Dorothy goes to Munchkinland and they all sort of like slowly come out and start doing a song and dance. Yeah, that's exactly what it would be like, but but skinnier and uh, with worse Alcohol fueled. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and more provocative outfits. <laughs> Sounds like a dream. I don't know. I, I thought I thought those Munchkins were quite provocative, but that's just my niche. I, guess. Well, I, I think you saw the wrong Wizard of Oz. I think that was the... Uh, <laughs> It was yeah. Did you Google Munchkin on Pornhub? Pornhub. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you yeah. should never Google Pornhub. Was that after Alien? Was that the next one down? <laughs> Alien Munchkin. <laughs> oh, I don't think she's clicking her heels. Sounds like Rita. Yes, brilliant. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show, Jimbo. Is there anything that you'd like to promote? Anything that you'd like to mention while you're here? Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun talking to you guys. And yes, I would love to promote that I'm coming to the UK. And I'm so excited. I'm doing the Twisted Circus Tour with Club Kids UK. And um, there's all the more for me. Instagram, Jimbo the Drag Clown. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited to come to the UK. I absolutely love the UK. I love the people of the UK, the sense of humor. Um, You guys all read each other. It's like a country of drag queens and drag queen lovers. So I, I just can't wait to be there you're not wrong paul what would you like to promote while you're here oh my gosh well well two things one i'm, I'm as things are opening up now in the uk more and more and um, everything's kicking back there's going to be more places i'll be performing quite a few exciting things coming up um especially in london there's a good one some things coming up in london but 
on my Instagram is where I shout about it all the most. Mm. And also my creepy creatures, um, <laughs> which I've got my Etsy shop, my pool's creepy creatures. I enjoy making them. They're good fun. And yeah. when people buy them, that just throws a little bit more money that helps through these uh, recovering times. Because they're all unique. They're all carefully sculpted by you to be as horrific as possible. Uh... <laughs> Absolutely. So, I can't wait to see them. I love creepy creatures. Yes, creepy I think they're very cute and sweet. I, I really, it's one of the things that I really enjoy doing because it just brings put a few podcasts on. Start getting the scalpels and glues out and just see what happens. It's lovely. Jim, I'll send you them on Instagram when we're done. Yep. Okay, great. So yes, yeah, yeah, I love one. I have a My Little Pony that has a penis for a head, and I love it. <laughs> oh, that's cute. The dream, living the dream. Yeah, so uh, so basically go to Etsy and then just search for Paul's Creepy Creatures, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And what's your Instagram for people who don't know it already? Um, so my Instagram is Paul underscore Alexander. Alexander spelt in a very awkward way, but <laughs> I'm not sure if you search enough, you'll find it. Um, it's spelled A-L-E-K-S-A-N-D-R. But I'm sure at least tagged by your page and stuff yeah we'll share it we will like paul's creepy creatures (laughs) i'm just covering all bases here but uh for me you can go to thevelvetsnatch.com and that has all my links and nonsense on i'm on instagram i've recently started tiktok i have no idea what i'm doing on tiktok i've got 400 (laughs) likes which apparently is terrible so uh, yeah and you can watch me on youtube anything you like uh stew what have you got to show off um, other than my tits, not a lot to be honest. Um, <laughs> just keep keep enjoying the podcast. Uh, go to girlglobal.com to get lots of fun queer shit. And yeah, right, yeah, no, thank you so much, thank you so much, Jimbo, for being on. Thank you so much, Paul, for being on. It's been wonderful speaking to you, and thanks for your time. Thank you. This has been so much fun. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. We'll have you both back anytime. Oh, yay! No, it'll be great to see you in the UK, Jimbo, and I hope you have a lot of fun with it. Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited i've got to think of something really twisted to do so tv oddly is going to be their crystal method and everything so i'm just like the pressure is freaking on i'm like jesus christ best lineup though yeah yeah it's gonna be amazing awesome well thank you guys yes thank you everyone who's been listening i hope you have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next time goodbye bye 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 that that wasn't coordinated at all brilliant it never (laughs) was like waving then i was like oh wait no one can hear a wave can they